KPCA LP, Petaluma, California. Good morning and welcome to Inside Petaluma. I'm Cindy Thomas, co-hosting with Janice Cater-Thompson and Jason Davies here on KPCA 103.3 FM. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Well, uh, you're premature. Uh, <laughs> for our listeners. 2020, I'm happy. <laughs> yes. Happy New Year. Actually, yep. yeah, it's, it's a new year for our listeners, but it's still New Year's Eve for us as... We are pre-recording this show on Thursday for your listening pleasure on New Year's Day. Uh, the offices of PCA remain closed due to the uh, COVID restrictions. So there's your disclaimer for today. <laughs> I like that. So what is everybody's plans for New Year's tonight? Oh, boy. What am I going to do? Well, I think we're just going to do what we always do pretty much and stay home. I haven't gone out for New Year's for ages. Yeah, me either. This hasn't but I, I usually have my sisters over for uh, a little New Year's Eve celebration, and that's not going to happen this year because I'm having nobody over. Oh. Yeah. Maybe you could do like a virtual New Year's with people over Zoom or something. Or Yeah. That's maybe, a possibility. Or maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just another <laughs> day. It's just another night. Yeah. It really there will be, there will the be bubbles, though. <laughs> I will open a bottle of bubbles. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah I, I got some um, Martinelli's for the kids. So so we've got that ready to go. But uh, nice. yeah, when I was a kid, it was a big deal. You know, we'd stand outside and bang pots and pans. Yeah. And noise and go, Happy New Year. And we'd hear you know, the neighbors doing the same thing and um and there were fireworks and of course we can't have fireworks so hopefully but i bet we're gonna hear some bet you well, that was one of the good things that came out of 2020 that's true no more fireworks finally fireworks fireworks ban yeah, yeah. the it's, animals it's really important and for fire also you know i have some fireworks in my <laughs> in my garage still that someone gave us from Oh my God, these things must be over 10 years old or something like that. Yeah, you should get rid of those. That's I should probably dispose of them, them, but I'm trying to think, how do I dispose of them? And I mean, first I want to wet them, I guess, and then like take them apart or something or. Or go drop them off at the fire department. I'm That's sure they'd I take them. Do. Really? Yeah. yeah. They don't just set them off at their houses or something. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut the, like uh, the lighting part off so it can't happen. <laughs> yeah. And you can soak them in water. That's a good idea, too. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll hang on to them. Maybe they could come in handy for something. I don't know if we have a revolution or something like that. We'll see. Which, um, <laughs> you know, since 2016, 2020, boy, it feels really good that we're going to have change in the nation. And um, I'm not so sure we're not going to have a revolution or something. There's a lot yeah. of people out there. It's pretty crazy. Well, there was that. Uh, that um, bombing that happened on christmas day but they they're still not clear on the motive although it seems like he had some uh issues with 5g as with the latest i i read that he had some concerns about the health effects of 5g and uh 
that that was potentially a motive, but they're still investigating that. Well, it seems like they. I was reading that in 2019 he was talking about bombings, and yeah, you know, nobody really took it seriously. Yeah, his wife actually even reported it to the police. Apparently, right, right. Um, so anyway, hopefully nothing like that is is happening uh, near us, and hopefully nothing more happens between now and inauguration day. But the way uh, you know people are being spun up to believe that. Um, you know, the election was stolen um, with zero credible evidence to back it up. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are really believing that. I mean, if you really believe that to be the case and you took Don Jr. at his word that we should fight to the death, um, where where does that lead? <laughs> not, not a happy place. Exactly. I can tell you, you and I do not have the ammo because I certainly I don't even have a gun. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I don't. I, 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 have, would I have family members that believe in that, that the election was stolen. My, I have guitars. They, they're not, if you hit someone with a guitar, it doesn't, doesn't feel very good. <laughs> but the other thing I have is I can just turn my amp up really loud and just play some stuff that will drive people crazy, <laughs> make them leave. <laughs> you know, I think it's really important to like read some of your friends who are on that very far right side um you know read their posts and their I, I don't have any friends like that <laughs> well i mean i have family that's like that and it is just shocking yeah. to read um the stuff that is put out there and it's all everything is fake fauci's fake coronavirus is fake and what we know is these are people that from petaluma moved to idaho um you know washington state is now inundated with COVID patients from Idaho. Yep. So, I mean, not to understand what's going on is pretty frightening. So, but on a more local level, we've got a lot of stuff that happened in Petaluma this year. And, um, you know, a big one that obviously is overshadowing everything is um, the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, finally, there's, I just saw the news uh, that we've got some vaccines that have actually arrived in Petaluma. People are starting to get vaccinated. Um, mm -hmm. And it's going to the healthcare workers uh, and I guess people in nursing homes is a priority, which is good. I'm seeing some reports elsewhere of people being able to skip in line somehow because they know people or be, and, and there was another situation. And this wasn't I don't know about this in Petaluma, but just other where other places. There was another situation where someone was trying to bribe somebody to get it was down south. That happened. Yeah. 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 Actually, like, it wasn't a bribe, but this was um, one member of the family. Um, got because there's extra doses in the bottles right so that's you know was what they were saying but uh, like a, a son or grandson somebody else um got the, the shot also and mm. it really wasn't kosher but you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight over that you know at, at this point i just feel like we just really need to make sure that people do get inoculated and it's you know it's it's two inoculations yeah. and the, there is a new um, um, shot that has come out, a new um, oh God, vaccine. A vaccine. Well, there's and the Moderna the whole, and they, they, what is it? AstraZeneca or what? I'm probably mispronouncing the name. Yeah. But the a third one came out. And yeah, so, and it that, seems like that, like the Moderna is, doesn't need the refrigeration, the same sub. Yeah, this is the one that was approved in the UK and it hasn't been approved yet. 
in the U.S., but they're they're working on that, I guess. Right. Um, right. So yeah, that gives us three vaccines, and I guess the one that haven't been approved yet is it, it's based on trying to clarify some of the claims in terms of its efficacy, uh, because they were claiming close to ninety percent, but other tests were showing it was lower. Um, so I guess so. So those numbers, though, that was a pretty dis- decent yeah. discrepancy. Yeah. So I guess Moderna is the one that we have in town. First distributed to healthcare workers at Petaluma Valley Hospital. Local seniors mm-hmm. were next in line at assisted living centers. Um, so that's where that's happening. And of course, now we're back to where we were. Um, you know, back in what was it, April? I guess so, where we really have the stay-at-home order now in place. I just wonder how many people are really adhering to it over the holidays. That's obviously a concern. Well, I mean, I was going to my cousin's house. I have a pod that, you know, I stick with. Mm -hmm. And I was looking down by the river and it was just filled with people, you know, shoulder to shoulder, no masks on some of them. Some had people Mm -hmm. had masks on Mm -hmm. and it was, I just couldn't believe that there was no enforcement. And I realize enforcement is difficult but it is really the owner of the business that needs to be held accountable. And, you know, we were reading in the paper, you know, about all of a sudden you have all these weddings that have been up in Sonoma County. Yeah. And, you know, there's just been a lot of, I think, neglect. I mean, there's a lot of people in that uh, mindset that they just don't believe that this is real. Yeah. I mean, some people don't, believe in things until they're hit in the face with them uh, or they know someone personally that suffers or they, they can't see something like this in the abstract sense and be concerned about it. And I, I don't get it, but, but that's a challenge. And the thing that the big, I think one of the biggest problems right now is that we've been living with a virus for many, many months that has not been that transmissible relative to the new strain. And that's what we really need to come to terms with is that now there's a new strain. It's in California. Um, We just had our, I think our first case was reported yesterday or two days ago or something. And it's like 56% more transmissible. So all the things that we've been doing that we think we're okay with, like, okay, I'm in my little group. I'm only going to go visit this person. Well, that may have worked then. That may not work now because of this. So I had to have a big conversation with my family yesterday about, how, you know, we can't just be operating the same way that we were because this thing is more transmissible. It's the odds of us getting it are much higher. This is, I'm, I'm really sticking. I, I'm, I'm not going outside the bubble, but my bubble is getting a lot smaller. Um, you know, Jerry, and I were talking about having somebody over for new year's and I just said, we don't know what they do yeah. during right. the day, but even within my bubble, I'm getting a little bit nervous because Good. The person within my bubble wears a mask and I'm watching it flop up and down from her nose. So it's a cloth mask that is not a a mask that she should be wearing. And this person has an autoimmune deficiency also. Um, And, you know, it's just irresponsible the way people wear masks. They're using, it's almost like you're a bandit, you know, you're going to rob a bank and you have this handkerchief around your mouth. Well, that is just spreading the virus. So, so that's the, that's the main thing is that, you know, we've been, we've had a system that we think has been working for us, right? You don't have it. I don't have it. My wife doesn't have it. 
but that might not be the case with this new strain. And so, yeah, I think we have to modify our behavior and tighten up a bit. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's, it's really a bummer uh, because we get used to things being okay to do. No, the thing is too, we have a short window. The, the longer we go without a vaccine and the more this thing spreads, the more mutations it's going to have. And while Fauci, Dr. Fauci says that most of the mutations, um, aren't helpful for the vaccine because that's how evolution works. You know, a lot of them are, you know, these mutations aren't really good. Uh, but the longer that time lapses, the more chance they are to become in this case, you know, more transmissible. Luckily right now it hasn't become more dangerous. You know, it's only more dangerous because it's more transmissible, but as far as the effect, they're saying that the new strain isn't any more uh, dangerous to the individual who gets, gets it. It's just, you're more likely to get it. But that's not necessarily going to be the same case in another month. I mean, we could have another strain that's, that's both more transmissible and more deadly. Well, the biggest problem is there is no plan. Trump didn't put a plan in um, how we were going to distribute the vaccines when they came. And he's so leaving it on the states. And the he's states leaving it on to the well. states, yeah. which states. This is why the states and the federal government need to work together. Mm. Um, and we're not, and I'm talking to physician friends of mine and I'm kind of predicting August is when we might start being a little bit safer, but they're looking into the winter of 2021 before this is really, um, tackled, you know, so we can feel safe and everything can be opened. So this is, we've got a long ways to go. And people seem to think that the vaccine, because we have vaccines, you have to distribute those. And then you have to have two different shots. One is, you know, 21 days. The other one is 28 days. And I know people that have taken both of the the, um, different um, shots. Uh And um, with the Astra, which one? No, AstraZeneca is this new one, right? Yeah, that's the new one. That's the newest one. So it's Moderna and Pfizer are the two. With Pfizer, um, his arm was extremely sore. I heard that. Yeah. Which you get that from from other shots also. You know, when I had my shingle shot this last time because it was an extra dose because of my age, boy, my arm really hurt. But that was all his um, symptoms were. And then my cousin had the other and he had flu symptoms for about 24 hours and then it went away. Yeah. And that's normal. That's your body responding and creating the antibodies. Exactly. And Um, And I was listening about Florida, just how messed up Florida is as far as, you know, getting these vaccines out and they have such a high population of senior citizens. So we've, we've got a long ways to go with this. And I think it's, it is smart just to back up and decide to stay in. Yeah. You've been doing this the whole time. And I've always been impressed with what you've been doing. And I have been fairly safe, but I have gone to the grocery stores and, you know, done what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Just this week, I uh, decided not to go to the grocery store anymore. And uh, I'm using Instacart. And I was actually surprised at how easy it is to use. What is Instacart? Well, you go online and you create an account and it, gives you a library of stores here in Petaluma that um, they service and you place your order online and and a personal shopper is assigned to that order 
and you can text back and forth. They'll go and say, uh, say you, you're looking for, in my case, I wanted broccoli crowns. And I got a text message and says, we don't have any broccoli crowns, but I can get you the full broccoli in the organic section. I texted back and I said, great, great, do that. And uh, then they just drop it off at your door. That's really cool. And you can tip online. You can tip your driver online, just like you do with Petaluma Food Taxi. Yeah, wow. It's really simple. I wonder if we have to remember in the very beginning, uh, a lot of uh, health professionals were advising us to make sure we wash everything that we bring in, you know, any kind of takeout or delivery or anything like that. I mean, then they were saying that that wasn't really necessary, right. that you you don't really get it so readily from surface contact. I wonder if that's going to change now with this one that's more transmissible. So, yeah, I was just wondering, like in your your case, because my dad, my dad's like really paranoid about this stuff. He he wipes everything down and everything. Are you doing that? Because I haven't been doing that. I don't. Yeah, I don't wipe everything down. I do have what I call a resting box. Right. And anything that I'm not going to use immediately, it sits in there for a day or two or whenever right. I feel like putting the stuff away. Uh, That's pretty safe. Some things I do wipe down. Yeah. And I, uh, after I've unpacked everything, I, I wash my hands. Yeah. Rinse yeah. all the vegetables. Hands and wearing a mask is really the most important. Yep. I mean, it's, it's airborne. It's not yeah. by touch. Yeah. So I think it's, I think we're safe by not wiping things down. And I think it's just, you know, if people are concerned, you, I like what you're doing, Cindy, you just let it sit there for 24 to 48 hours. But it is, I guess it is potentially by touch though, because if you touch it and it gets on your hand and then you touch your face or something. Right. That's and that's can, the thing like Janice mentioned, just the mask and washing your hands, keeping yeah. your hands away from your face, yeah. even when you're at home is always yeah. a, a smart yeah. idea. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, the second I get in, I definitely wash my hands right. when I'm outside. And then of course you have the liquid in your car. And I have to say at the beginning, I was not as cautious as I am now. Yeah. I came and visited you, but I wore a mask, but you guys didn't. you're right i did it (laughs) exactly so anyway hope hopefully we're still going to be good that was a long time ago so i think think exactly so i think really with the coronavirus people really need to know that it's real um people need to be thoughtful of other people and you know, and it's not going to be over tomorrow. Did yeah. you hear about the couple? A uh, very sad story. Uh, the, there was an older couple, couple, and they had a son, and they've been really good about social distancing. He hadn't seen them for you know since the pandemic started. They've been keeping to themselves, um, and they've been safe. And then finally, they decided that they needed a haircut, and the um, wife of their son. Um, is a hairdresser. And so she's been working as a hairdresser and, you know, they've been very safe, but as a hairdresser, you're in contact with a lot of people. Well, she tested and uh, she tested negatively. And so a few days later, after she got her results, she said, well, let's, let's do haircuts. Let's have them, have them over and we'll cut their hair and we'll be all safe. We'll be well ventilated. Um, We'll wear masks the whole time. Um, And, so they thought they did everything right. After the haircut, a few days later, she starts developing symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and tests. It turns out the hairdressers now got COVID. Oh, 
So she tested negatively. Now she tests positively. And in between that space, she cut their hair. They got it. They're both dead now. And the the son wrote about this. I uh, wanted to share his story, and it's I saw it on CNN on their website, but it's it's elsewhere. You can you can see it. And uh, he wanted everybody to know this because it didn't have to happen. That was a decision they didn't have to make, and he feels terrible about it, of course, because you know he allowed it to happen. And it's an important message to all of us because. You know, we may think we're doing everything right and that these things aren't going to happen to us, but they can. The virus doesn't care who you are, yeah. you know, uh, and it, and so we really need to be vigilant about this and take it seriously. I think what, the one thing that bothers me most about this is the non-believers. Um, it's the non-believers not recognizing what the healthcare providers are saying and what they're doing. Yeah. They have no idea what these healthcare providers, they, they are our frontline workers. Yeah. And just the fact that they would deny it and not recognize what's truly happening in a hospital. I think they're freaking crazy people. You know, I, I just, I really, I do have a really hard time with these non-believers yeah. and, and that they're still supporting Trump. Um, he has basically murdered almost 300,000 people in this country because of the government's lack of action at the beginning. We'd be in a completely different situation. Mm. And I think it's really important for people to understand what's happening with COVID mm. and that they understand that, you know, government has a role and mm. the federal government and the states need to work together. And when people want to divide government, um, I just, I really don't have any respect for him. And I'm not going to go back and be friends with some of these people. Yeah. I just, I really, I feel really strongly about it because, because, because I do. (laughs) Well, and you, and you should, I mean, and it's interesting. So the other big thing that happened, of course, um, was the black lives matter movement. uh, Yes. Yeah. George Floyd. And with everybody staying home and, um, you know, not being able to work in many cases, I think a lot more people had time to to go out and and make a, a compelling statement in support of black lives. And that was a very positive development in our town. And most of the people that I saw were also very mindful of practicing social distancing and wearing masks when they were doing the protests. Um, but even in that case, I was at one of these protests and I was sitting down next to um, a former Petaluma High School student and she was the only one not wearing a mask. And I and I kind of made a comment and she went into this thing about, I don't know what I'm talking about. It, you know, it's it's not a thing. It's all a hoax. And, you know, so she wasn't a Trumpster, she, but, the, but you have people, of, you know, that are kind of on the fringe and they don't respect any of healthcare professionals. They're not respecting science. I was at quite a few of those events. And I will say that we were too close together. Yeah. Um, You know, and so that's my myocopa that, you know, that was, that was not right. But the, the effect for myself with the Black Lives Matter made me really look at myself and, you know, racism and really understand racism. Yeah. 
Um, even though, I mean, I remember in 64, you know, in Selma, Alabama, you know, watching this on TV as a young child. Um, but I understand it so much more now yeah. because so many times people will say to you, well, there's only one or 2% blacks in Petaluma. And it really has nothing to do with the percentage of people within your community. Mm. It's really what happens to black lives, black people versus other people of color. And of course, white people, it's just, you know, night and day. And um, I'm just really going to go on, keep going on this journey of racism and understand actually history. Our yeah. country's history is based on keeping people down. Yeah. And then you know, earlier on, when we were talking about um, voting, trying to suppress the vote. I mean, yeah. right now in Georgia, they're trying to suppress like 6,000 votes. Yeah. And it is, um, I've learned a lot about this country and a lot of things that I really am sad about it. And we are not this country. I don't really feel like we have all this freedom that we thought we did, because if other people don't have the same freedom, then I don't believe we are a country that is free. And I'm, I am grateful for George Floyd for what he brought to the table. Yeah. Um, but when you think about it was for what eight, nine minutes, you watch somebody die on TV at the knee of a police officer. And, you know, when and people will say, oh, that doesn't happen in Petaluma. And I know you've heard these stories, you know, I've heard my stories before about yeah. my daughter's friend yeah. who has, um, you know, he's from El Salvador, yeah, yeah. He graduated from the University of Maryland with a you know bachelor's degree. He gets pulled over in Petaluma. And, you know, one time they were saying, oh, that's a stolen golf, golf cart. We're yeah, looking yeah. For. And then the other one was, I want to see your, where's your green card? And, and he hand, keeps his passport with him. So this is happening in every city. And it doesn't really matter the percentage, 2% black. You need to look at what happens to those 2%. And yeah. very important. And I have really seen like even a divide between the Latinx community um, seeing, feeling as though the black community is getting more um, airtime, you know, as lack of word. And so there's just a lot of division within mm. um, people and Petaluma is no different. Yeah. I mean, and, there's, there's a lot of racism that's targeted of course, towards other ethnicities and other types of groups. And in fact, there was this case where that couple um, accu were accused, I guess, of a kidnapping thing. Maybe, maybe we should talk about that. That was pretty strange. That was in the news. Well, that yeah. was at Michael's yeah. and you know, some, it, I mean, what it appears is um, a woman that, what does she call herself? Uh, something, uh, She's an influencer or an, aspi an aspiring influencer. Yeah, an influencer. Yeah, and that's a thing now. You, you people actually have this thing called being an influencer, and they just go and they talk about stuff and they represent products and they make money <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, I just don't like it at all. But I mean, you know, she, she made up a story about a couple that's a local couple that have lived in Petaluma a long time. In her mind, she made up a story. And then gets, you know, national news and then, you know, the police are involved and then you find out that, you know, that is not what happened. Well, if you're trying to be an influencer, what do you try to do? You try to get attention, right? You try to get attention. So 
you know, otherwise people aren't listening. So uh, who knows? They're investigating this. I don't know if it was intentional or if she was paranoid or what, but it's a little bit interesting to have someone who's a quote influencer concocting a story like this, um, posting it as a video, and then has she has all these inconsistencies with her story. Doesn't make sense. Um, and then, of course, the couple came out and uh, they held a press conference um, and they're pretty outraged because, um, you know, people had been uh, casting aspersions on them for being uh, would be kidnappers. Uh, so it, it's it's quite a thing. And, and I think the latest on it is they're still investigating whether they're going to file charges against this person for making a false report and possibly. Um, Hate crime. Yeah, I, I, did they use the word hate crime? But you know, something like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's in our neck of the woods. Yeah, it happens. It happens all over, and we need to be mindful. I thought it was kind of outrageous, just even the way that they found out. Their yeah. kids are looking on social media and say, "Hey, I think this is you, mom and dad." Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it happened this way, yeah. but I feel like. I'd like to know more about how the investigation happened and why it was done on social media that the police were looking for these people when they're a local couple, you know, couple. I mean, the, the guy works with my daughter at UPS. It's not like these people aren't in our community. No. So we have a long ways to go. And racism has been um, very loud in Petaluma and people just don't realize it. Well, was you very, are any different than any other community, and I think that's really important. Well, and there was a very nice outpouring uh, from some children uh, at Leghorns Park where they had uh, art that was posted, and it was all uh, very positive messages. It was uh, it had a Black Lives Matter theme uh, and social justice, and uh, and it it was very cool. And unfortunately, a lot of those signs were taken down repeatedly. Uh, from some people that I guess were threatened by a message of inclusivity, which go figure. Um, I mean, that, that, that really bothers me. It's like this idea is like, Oh, if more, if, if people have equal rights, then I have less rights. I, I don't get that. Uh, but it was nice that it culminated in the public art committee approving a large black lives matter street mural uh, outside of the Petaluma library, which is still there. If you haven't seen mm -hmm. it yet, it's very cool. It's pretty amazing art and watching those artists create yeah. this. I mean, they were big letters. Yeah. And it was extremely impressive. But back to people being against what happened, you know, the art at Leghorn Park. I oh. think what was very disturbing, there were two Facebook posts from white women that we don't want you people in our town. We just want you to go away. We liked the town the way it was. Mm. They were both police officers' wives. That is yeah. what is disturbing. And unless we get a change within our own police departments, yeah. it's going to be really hard to change this. And I'm hoping with our new president that there is going to be changes na nationwide. Yeah. Um, because I think the police just, um, they have too much power. They can do, the, the laws don't pertain to them the way that they pertain to us. And right. I think we need to have equal opportunity around. So. And um, another big thing that's been a looming issue in Petaluma for 
God, decades at this point is the, uh, the dredging. That's right. And we, uh, you know, all these years, we had not been able to get funding from the Army Corps of Engineers, uh, which normally was funding the dredging. That wasn't coming in to Petaluma. And finally, um, in large part, I think, by the efforts of our mayor, Teresa Barrett, and also Jared Huffman, they were finally able to secure funding uh, for this effort. And now, as a result, they've dredged the river. So that's a that's a positive thing that happened in Petaluma. Uh, during that's this a very good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although you've got people already complaining about the drawbridge going up and down. <laughs> Well, I was going to bring that one up, actually. (laughs) I I am hoping that the city actually looks at if the drug bridge goes up, that it is one time during the day, that it isn't multiple times. Not Uh, during uh, peak traffic. During traffic or, but, you know, you have to also go with the tide. So I think it is a discussion that the city should have um, because... It's, it could be 20 minutes sometimes with that bridge going oh, yeah. up. It's also that is re- a long time. just just because I've been there. Also, if you want to take the perspective of the boater, it can be really hard to time it right. Um, particularly if you're not using a, a power boat and you're um and you're maybe you didn't you have to really be right to, because if then you're going against the tide. Um, it can be very difficult to to time exactly when you can get to that bridge. So if you're coming in and you're trying to get in, I could imagine if it was only one time a day, you could just miss that. And then you're, and then what do you do? You have to go all the way back to where you came from. I mean, it's a long journey to get up the Petaluma river. So I hear you on having it happen too many times. And every time someone calls and is there, they open it. Maybe it should be, you know, maybe only a few times a day. Um, But it is tricky if you're in one of those boats, because if that thing doesn't go up and you've got a mast and you can't get under that bridge, you're stuck. You might and have I to go- stay on the opposite side. All I'm saying, Jason, <laughs> is that I hope the city works this out because yeah. it's just like, you know, my dad, you know, flew an airplane. I mean, you know, yeah. he, he knew what he was doing. He looked ahead and you looked at weather and you, mm. you know, there were things that you look at and a tide is extremely easy to determine when the tide comes in, when the tide goes out, it's not that hard. And I just hope that no, that that's not hard. What's hard is calculating exactly how long it takes you to get to the bridge. So if if what I'm saying is if you only had it at a certain time every day, that would be really challenging. Now, if everybody knew that, if every boat knew that, they would account for it. Um, I'm I'm not (laughs) saying a certain time every day because that's not possible. Because yeah, it's my understanding. It's by appointment, right? Yeah, you call. I'm not really sure. So you I call, think it's you, it would you be good call to, in. to know more about it. And, um, but the tide has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Well, I, I used to do it with my dad. We'd come up on his boat and the way it worked, this was many years ago, so it might be different now, but the way it worked then is you just called and there, it That's didn't right. happen immediately, but you call and, you know, at a certain point, sometimes you have to wait a little bit, it would open up. But it wasn't like a thing where it was only a set number of times a day. You had to get, you had to do it, I think, before like six or something like that. There was a cutoff. Um, but basically, anytime during the day, you could just call in and, and then they would open it for you. And there weren't that many boats, but. It's a good thing that the that it was dredged yeah. and a lot more people are using the river. And what I'm really looking forward to is really started utilizing the river because the McNear Peninsula is now purchased. Yeah. 
um, privately, which is really exciting. And, you know, there's just such opportunities to from going from actually Marin County way up Lakeville all the way up um, north. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for trails and the river is really a gem. And it's not just about big boats coming in. It's about all kinds of river uses. And I think it's just really exciting. Yeah, I think the challenge is going to the challenge is going to be making sure that we continue to dredge it in a timely manner so that we don't find ourselves in this situation again. But I think just to be fair about the dredging and connecting with the Corps of Engineers, it's really, it was always determined on commerce. Yeah. We don't have the same commerce anymore. Yeah. And so that's why this, that's why they were saying this is the last time the yeah. uh, Corps of Engineers will be dredging. Right. And the city is going to have to figure something out for the long term. Alternative funding mechanism. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and the other thing that's happening is that float house in the turning base. Right. So that, that's going to be very cool because people that are coming to Petaluma, Post COVID, <laughs> I don't see necessarily. I don't know that that's going to happen in the near future. Um, but having that there means that people will be able to easily rent a boat and and kayak and uh, put it right in there, and that that'll be very cool. Yeah, it's very it's really exciting. So um, and with the city's one cent sales tax passing, yes, a lot of these things are you know able to happen. Um, you know, cities need money and, but people need to know 9.5% is a hefty sales tax because the county had a quarter cent and then the city's one cent sales tax. It's still really hefty. Um, so every time, you know, you go shopping, the number goes up, but it's what it is. The public supported it and I'm on board. Yeah. Here's a quote from Teresa Barrett about it. It said, um, Petaluma, excuse me, Petaluma really came clo- very close to having no reserves whatsoever in 2008. So we had to cut everything to the bone. And then she goes on, we're still dealing with those cuts. We're still dealing with around the same number of police. We basically have no parks department. So the funds from the new tax, it's estimated will raise $13.5 million each year. And that'll go towards the city's deficit, estimated around $6.4 million annually over the next five years. Tax goes into effect April 1, really April Fool's Day. That's funny. With the first full year of tax revenue expected to roll in throughout 2022. Well, and then we had an election shakes up city council. So I think it was um, good for the city that we have a new city council with fresh ideas and a lot of young, younger and mature people were elected, older mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really exciting for the community. I was a little disappointed that John Burns was negative last week in his um, close to home. Well, he didn't get what he wanted. He didn't get what so he, he wanted. He's throwing a tantrum. Like, start working just... together and making things really positive in this community. The general plan um, update is going to be happening. So the new city council will be determining who's on that committee. It's a two-year commitment. And it's really exciting um, because the way I see things is as long as you, as long as we have a democratic um, president that really wants to deal with infrastructure projects um, and we start getting federal and more state funding for infrastructure projects, I see that really positive um, for our community and, you know, Sonoma County and just in general, it's really good for jobs, but it's good for making progress. And, um, uh, how is that committee being uh, formed, Janice? Um, the committee is being formed. There were 129 applicants um, that applied for it. 
And the I think it's the 25th of January, I, or whatever the date is, the last um, council meeting in January, I believe the council will be determining who is on the committee. And how and many are they selecting? About, well, they're talking about 15, but everything is fluid. So it'll be interesting to see at the, with the new council um, what the discussion is and if there's some changes in the directions. Because 15 was just put there because Dave King said 15 and everybody agreed. And, you know, that's not negative or positive. It's just that now you can kind of talk, do you feel like you need a few more? What, what, um, what are you looking for for this committee? But the most important thing is you have to find people that are committed to two years of working, apparently it's every two weeks that they would be meeting. Mm-hmm. And a general plan is a really big deal. It is the mm-hmm. um, it, it's the roadmap for your community. Yeah, and yeah, so, so I think it's really exciting that this is um, that we're moving in this direction because our old general plan is old. And you know what you find out is 2021, and we need to look into the 21st century and not go backwards. So well, I'm looking forward, moving forward. Yeah, and the good news is that uh, the two new council members, Dennis Posake and Brian Barnacle, who will be sworn in, um, they made climate change uh, mitigation a big point of, of their campaigns, as well as social justice and affordable housing and, and other issues, of course. But climate change is a big thing. And the general plan is going to be key uh, to making changes to how we develop uh, that will work towards uh, climate change mitigation. And so that's a positive as well. And um, in addition to that, you know, one of the things we, we did vote on as well was the hospital. Um, so that's a big deal. Uh, I, I didn't vote for this measure because I felt uh, for a variety of reasons um, that it was not in Petaluma's interest. And one of the things that this article in the paper talks about is it says the new owners have committed to keeping all of the current services and employees through the transition and also promised to invest millions in the facility, including upgrading aging infrastructure in the building and adding new service. Now, one, one thing that I don't know why this is omitted from the paper but it doesn't say anything about the lack of a commitment beyond five years for women's services, women's health services. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. Fortunately, the public voted for it and there is concern yeah. about women's services for five years, but this yeah. is, this is really very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but I, my focus right now is on the what $56 million yeah. or whatever the caught the sale was yeah, 52, where, that, 52.6. where that money is actually going to go because it's a, it's a committee of, of elected people to the healthcare district. And mm. that's a lot of money. And I just want to, as, as a member of this community, know where some of that money is going to be going and see in the list before it's actually mm. distributed. And so I'm, kind of curious what their process is going to be. But I want to just bring up something about the general plan. When they talk about fire evacuees flee to Petaluma, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're talking about um, dangers like fire, because it's true, fire and flooding are problems. It's just really important to make sure within this general plan that we actually look at the bigger picture to have access routes going in and out. And then I was reading an article in the paper that there was a person that put an app together for, you know, in case of emergencies. And I think it's really important to start working together on that because safety to me is very important because we could have a fire in Petaluma. 
And then what happens? Where do people go? How do people get in and out of your community? Um, and so fires aren't going to go away and disasters aren't going away. And I just think those are really important things to, to talk about within the general plan. And I think, Jason, the hospital is important also just yeah. um, to talk about within our general plan. Yeah. Well, we'll have uh, plenty opportunity to talk more about the hospital next week uh, as we are going to have uh, representatives from Petaluma Valley Hospital return to the show and give us an update as to what's going on there and uh, let us know about their strike vote that they're taking this week. So, yeah, yeah we may be that. having a hospital on strike during a pandemic. Yeah, that that's not a good situation. Which is not, not a good situation, situation. at all. Yeah. And we, I yeah. hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. So with that... Um, I want to wish everybody a happy new year yeah. and it's been a pleasure working with you two the last couple of years. Likewise. It's always yeah. fun. Every <laughs> Thursday is a, or Friday. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's um, fun. Yeah. I'm going to mention that the views and opinions expressed here on Inside Petaluma are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policies or positions of Petaluma community access. So there you go. I want to say happy new year's to everybody. And yes. Have a happy, happy new year. Yeah. And you've been listening to inside Petaluma with myself, Cindy Thomas and Janice Cater Thompson and Jason Davies. And we are here every Friday from 11 to noon. And we want to thank you for tuning in here at 103.3 FM KPCA and hope you'll stay with us through 2021. And the website, InsidePetaluma.com, is where you can go to listen to any of our past shows. And Jason has set it up so that you can also listen via podcast. So many opportunities for, for tuning in. <laughs> anyway, with that said, I'll see you guys next year. 2021. 2021. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye.